Welcome to the Awakening the Sleeping Giant podcast. I am your host, John. I am excited that you are here and excited about this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, The Exchange, you can go to our website at madetheexchange.com. You can always email me and I would love to answer some questions or schedule you to be on the show. You can email me at bethechurch.go at gmail.com and I will respond to you as quickly as I can. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Okay, guys, so today I'm going to talk about something that just really kind of has got my goat. Uh, It's been something that I've been frustrated about for a while. I haven't known how to approach it. I haven't known if I should approach it or not. But you know what? I'm going to approach it because I feel it's important. I feel it's necessary. And I don't know any other way to address this problem uh, than the way I'm about to address it. Uh, I, I've i tried everything everybody else has suggested to do, and it hasn't worked. If you know me, if you've met me personally, if you've ever heard me preach, uh, you know that I can get very passionate very quickly. Um, and you know what? A lot of people don't like passionate people because we come across very bold and very loud. So needless to say, not a lot of people enjoy what I have to say, but I'm going to say it because I feel it's important, especially because a secular news outlet has shared this piece of information. If the secular news outlet is sharing this, you know, it's bad. Okay. So this comes actually from a local news station here in West Michigan. I actually saw this today on Facebook. Um, and it is it is a post that, that said, does God exist? And it says only half of Americans say a definite yes. Wow. And we used to be considered a Christian nation. I would dare say we no longer consider ourselves a Christian nation. I don't think we can. But you know what? That's not what bothers me. It doesn't bother me that half of America does not believe that God exists. That doesn't bother me. In fact, it's expected. It is expected. And what I mean by that, it is expected based on what I'm about to talk about. And if you are listening to this right now and you have been going to a church for a long time, if you've been a Christian for a long time, I'm sorry. Well, maybe I'm not sorry. This might rub you the wrong way, but I don't intend to do that. And if you're a pastor listening to this right now, there's a really good chance that this podcast is going to rub you the wrong way. But please understand that is not my intention. It is never my intention to rub somebody the wrong way on purpose. And I need you guys to understand that or the message that's going to come across is not going to come across. And I actually wrote that in my book too, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, a guide for living out the New Testament. I wrote in there that I'm not trying to attack anybody. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm not trying to cause a problem. I'm just simply stating truth and stating facts. And sometimes people don't like that. But here is why it doesn't bother me that only half of Americans say that God exists. Why it's not shocking and why it's uh, it's expected. Here's why. Because pastors, you have got to realize that what you're doing is not working. It's not working. If it was working, these numbers would not be as they are. Pastors, you have got to stop thinking You are the only one that can make the church function. Church, you have to stop thinking that the pastor is the only one that can make the church function. Elders, you have to stop thinking that the pastor is the only one that makes the church function. What frustrates me the most is it seems 
like the church. It seems like the most mature believers have forgotten one of the key elements to the church, and that is the giving of the five gifts to the church. I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I just I have to talk about it again. It is the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Guys, we are not to hold any of them any higher or any lower than the other, but we have gotten into this horrible habit of holding pastors on a pedestal that they do not belong on. It's not that pastors are not important because they are. They're absolutely critical to the expansion of the gospel and the growth of the church. Pastors are absolutely necessary. The problem is, is the church in North America has lifted pastors up so high that the church has fallen. Because in Ephesians 4, we read that in order for the church to become mature and unified, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor were all given. And if you are part of a local church and you do not know who your prophet is, if you do not know who your apostle is, if you do not know who your evangelist is, if you do not know who your teacher is, then your church is not functioning the way a biblical church should function. And you need to either talk to leadership about it or get out as soon as you can. Because numbers like this only happen because the church is not doing what they are supposed to be doing. And I might sound frustrated, I might sound angry, and I am. I am. Because there are people out there with the gift of an apostle, with the gift of the prophet, with the gift of an evangelist, with the gift of a teacher who are not allowed on the stage in a local church, who are not allowed to minister at the same capacity as the pastor, because the pastor is viewed more important. And, and I'm sorry, he's not more important. They are equally important and equally necessary in order for the church to function as a mature and unified church. And it's frustrating to me because what you find is you find people that have the gift of the pastor working, making money, and everybody else is out there trying, trying to work for free even. And we can't even get our foot in the door. And I'm talking evangelists. I'm talking prophets. I'm talking apostles. I'm talking teachers. I'm talking anybody that is not hired as a pastor of a local church finds it very, very difficult to even impact that local church that they're part of. And I'm not even talking about getting paid. I'm talking about having the opportunity to minister through the use of our gifts. And we do not get the opportunity because we have raised the pastor on a pedestal that they do not belong. And then what happens is because the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher are not typically allowed to function within the church at the level they should be, they end up going and starting their own ministry, which we have dubbed para-church ministry. That means out-of-church ministry or next-to-church ministry. That is not biblical. You do not find the word para-church in Scripture. It's not biblical, it's not positive, and it's not helpful. Because the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher are not para-church they are the church. But when we treat them as though they are parachurch, they are forced to go start their own ministry. 
that's not a church so they can minister the way God has called them to minister. And you know the problem with that? And and I'm going to speak to you right now as an evangelist. As an evangelist, I have a huge problem with that. But I do it anyway because I I have this I have this calling to preach the gospel. And because I am not allowed to do it in the church, I go elsewhere. But you know the problem with that is when I preach the gospel and people come to Jesus in faith, I don't have anywhere to send them. I don't have anybody to disciple them. I don't have anybody to follow up with them because I can't do that. It's not my job to pastor them. It's the pastor's job to pastor them. But when you're not connected, when you're not allowed to function within a local body, you are forced to go elsewhere. And that actually causes damage because all of that work that you do, you don't even know if you're being effective or not. Because I'll promise you, an evangelist, if you're listening, you may not like me for this. Just because 65,000 people raise their hands for Jesus doesn't mean you had an amazing altar call. If 65,000 people were coming to Jesus truly every time evangelists went out and evangelized in another country, I promise you this world would look different than it is. I promise you the numbers of 50% of people in the United States that do not believe that God exists would not be there. But the only thing the evangelist has to go on is the response at their evangelism meeting because they're not allowed anywhere else. They're not allowed to connect them and nobody wants to connect with them. In fact, I was actually told by a pastor once in Puerto Rico, and this was before they knew what my giftings were, they literally said, and this is quoting, yes, we pastors do not like evangelists. And I asked this pastor why that was. And he said, because evangelists come in and make a mess and pastors have to go behind them and clean it up. I have two problems with that. First of all, a pastor is a shepherd and a shepherd's job is to clean up the mess. But second is even worse than that. It's the fact that this pastor views the work of the evangelist as something he has to come behind and clean up. That is not showing support of the evangelist. In fact, it's telling the congregation that the evangelist is not needed. The evangelist is messy. The evangelist doesn't know what they're doing. And I don't want to do my job as a pastor. That's what it is saying. I'm, I'm so fed up with the church in North America. I'm so fed up with pastors in the North American church because, because they walk around thinking everything is okay because their pews are full on Sunday morning. Well, you know what? Your pews can probably only max out two to 500 people. How many other people are in your community, in your county, in your state, in your country that don't know Jesus? I will tell you how much, 50%. And that's just the ones on record. Stop walking around like everything's okay because it's not. It's falling apart. Just because people come to your Sunday morning church service doesn't mean you're doing a good job. Where's the fruit? Where? is the fruit. Are new people coming to Jesus? Are new churches being planted in your town because people are coming to Jesus and your church can't handle it? Are disciples being made? Are prophetic words being shared? If that's not happening, I don't care how many people come to your church on a Sunday morning. We have got to stop walking around like we are God's gift to the church. And remember that we all are God's gift to the church. The apostle is God's gift to the church. The prophet is God's gift to the church. The evangelist is God's gift to the church. The pastor is God's gift 
to the church. The teacher is God's gift to the church. But when we walk around thinking that we are the only ones who know how to do what needs to be done, the church will fail. And this article is evident of that. And there's a simple solution, church. Let the evangelist preach. Let the prophet speak. Let the apostle go and build. Let the teacher teach and let the pastor shepherd the flock. It is not that complicated, church, but this change is going to be hard. It's going to be painful because we've been doing the same thing since we became the church in the United States. For more than 200 years, we have done church the same way, and it's not working. Our country was founded on, it is still on our money. In God, we trust. That is no longer the case when only half of Americans say that there is definitely a God. Church, we have a problem, and the problem is not the government. The problem's not the homosexuals. The problem's not the left. The problem's not the right. The problem's not drugs. The problem's not guns. The problem is us. We are the problem because we are not doing what we have been called to do as the church. We are not reflecting the church that Christ desires to come back for. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? How are you going to change this? And pastor, I'm talking to you right now. What are you going to do to make sure that your local church changes these numbers? To make sure that your local church becomes mature and unified? What are you going to do to make sure that you rise up and raise up your apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. Because you are the shepherd. They won't go unless you let them. And trust me, as an evangelist and as an apostle myself, if you let them, they will unleash fury and destroy hell for a living. But you have to let them go. You have to let them go. Let them run, and I promise you, I promise you, you will see more gospel impact in your community than you have ever seen in your entire life. I promise you, let them go and watch them run. And I promise you, your local church will grow. I promise, because it's in scripture. If we just do what scripture tells us to do as the church, the church will grow because we're not the ones growing it. It's God is the one that grows. God is the one that increases the numbers. I, I've, been, I've been warning people on on my Facebook page and other social media pages and even my own personal life like I'm done I'm done being being the nice guy I'm I'm done trying to please everybody I'm done trying to make myself look like an image that everybody else wants me to look at because I tried that for years and it hasn't worked and I'm all the more broken for it I'm done playing games if you don't like what I have to say don't listen but don't blame me and don't blame my tone of voice and my passion for your unwillingness to change. That's on you. I'm not perfect. I've got a lot. I've got a lot to work on. I've got a lot to change. But I'm angry and I'm angry in a righteous way because I'm sick and tired of seeing 
God's church look like little kittens in a box that everybody comes and says, oh, isn't that so cute? Wasn't that such a great church service? I'm sick and tired of the world laughing at God's bride. It's, it's, it's too much. We have, we have been too nice for too long. We have avoided the fact that Jesus flipped tables because people were desecrating the father's house and pastors y'all have been desecrating the father's house church y'all have been desecrating the father's house stop it get out there and do what you're told to do get out there and do what you're called to do and let those around you do what they're called to do there's lots of people out there that god is using that will make you feel good and if that's what you want because that's not gonna be here moving forward. That's not gonna be here. I'm not gonna make you feel good. Not because I wanna hurt you, because I want you to know the truth and I want you to walk in it. And if you're not, and if you're not willing, it's going to hurt. And I'm okay with that. Church, we need to get our backbone back. Enough is enough already. Stop worrying about what others are going to think about you. Stop worrying about how they're going to view Christians. Because you know what? They view Christians right now as a bunch of weak, powerless cowards. How much worse can they think of you? Throughout scripture, we are told as believers to judge the church, to judge our brothers and sisters. We are told to confront issues in the church. I mean, heck, almost all of Paul's letters were confrontations. We are taught that the Bible is good for rebuke and correction. We don't like that part. We leave that part out because nobody likes rebuke. Nobody likes correction, but that's what the Bible teaches. And if you are not using the word of God to rebuke and correct, you are not teaching the full gospel. I'm sick and tired, church. I'm sick and tired that this message has to come out on a podcast and not at a local body somewhere because nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants this message to be heard. I'm so tired of it. Where are the warriors for Christ? It's great fun to post pictures on our social media and wave swords in the air and yell hurrah. But it's another thing to actually get in the fight. Are you fighting on social media? Or are you actually fighting? Are you in the war? Because we're at war. Guys, these numbers are not okay. Only half of Americans say a definite yes to God's existence. And we question why our country is a state it's in. I know why. It's because the church is failing at their job. We are ignoring God. We are ignoring ignoring what God is calling us to do because we think we know how to do it better. Come on, church. We're better than that. So rise up, pick up your sword, and let's go destroy hell for a living. Thank you so much for listening, and that is the end of this week's episode. As always, you can contact me via email at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. You can learn more about our ministry at madetheexchange.com. And if you would like to order a copy of my book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, A Guide to Living Out the New Testament Church, that is available on our website as well as amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. If you have any questions, I would love to chat. Otherwise, until next time. 